Open up in the bedroom of Risk. This is not the apartment that they have lived in that has been stuffed to the walls of with costumes and props and other theatrical things. This is a spacious bedroom seemingly carved out of glistening black obsidian and there are mirrors and Highlights of red, because this is Risk who has gotten their wish. This is a Risk who is an actual son of uh, Rakdos, yeah. the demon god and Perrin of the Rakdos guild. Risk and... of Rick's Madi is what I am uh, referring, is how I, I called him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Risk wakes up in this strange place, feeling different. As a folk tune starts playing. Uh, which folk tune specifically? No, I said funk. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I I feel like it's uh we could just like hear uh probably from outside somebody is like performing because you know I am like right in the middle of Rakdos now. Mm-hmm. Someone's just like performing some kind of uh street performance with like a lot of uh I think it's like a it's like a lot of drum like drums and brass and also screaming. Yeah, and there's like a lot of like every now and then like oh like because of fire, and then a lot of like ah ah because of also because of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I like do a uh like one of those um I like open my eyes, I look around, I close my eyes, put my hand over my head, and then like open my eyes again and look, and I'm like, wow, ah. Uh, it's all, and then I like jump off the bed, kind of expecting to be taller, and I am the same height. <laughs> so I like kind of like tumble a bit, but um, I I like uh like I kind of land it, uh you know like uh, kind of do like a little uh a little forward roll, and then um like my I think my arms are just like covered in like bangles, like kind of uh a little nicer. Like a little fancier, uh, but also um, maybe more expensive. Um, and then, like, my room is like uh, a bunch of. Um, there's like a. In addition to like uh, everything else, there is a stack of newspapers uh, clippings, mm-hmm. um, which are all of the plays that I have criticized because I am a play critic. Oh no, the darkest timeline. Uh-huh. I don't I don't really act anymore because I got like I was like really successful early on. 
everyone came out to see Rakdos's son in his first three plays, and then I was like, eh. So I am a dreaded uh, play critic. I also do some art, some other kinds of stuff, but mainly it's plays. Um, and I am, uh, I am, uh, look under my mattress and I have hidden there my play that I am writing, which is, uh, you know, a, a big, a big secret because I'm a somewhat known critic and I am pretty fiercely critical of other people's plays. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to really, I think I'm going to release it under a pen name. Yeah, so you have kind of woken up, and you, you've got a blend of, you know how you got here, but there's also this kind of comfort of, you know where you are in this alternate world that has been created. Right. So, um, I have a, a quick question. So, um, mm -hmm. I in my head... Uh, that well, because like in one of the like uh description trait description things, uh, I picked I kind of took a little bit of a liberty, and hopefully that's okay. Um, I took uh, celebrity adventurers scion. Um, it's not really an, an adventurer, I realize, but the feature is name dropping. I know and have met any number of powerful people across the land, some of them might even remember me, but uh. I have, while my parent was slumbering in the lava pits of Rick's Mahdi, a servant raised me, and I care about that person more than anyone. Um, mm -hmm. And I was just, I assume that I go see them. Uh, yeah, tell me, tell me about this uh, person um, who raised you. I, uh, I think it's uh, you want to throw it back at me? I I could I had a I had a thought of a character that had been in the thing before that it could be, mm -hmm. which was um, Blagrap Blagrap Blagrap. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm totally fine with you just coming up with a new character here. Yeah. Uh, so you were kind of raised because I don't really think uh copulating with Rakdos is necessarily the most healthy thing right uh and so you were ultimately raised by Yazalt who is a demon can you spell that for me y z a l t Yazalt y z a l t uh-huh you know, I, I I need a good demony name. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Yes, all. Mm -hmm. Um, I uh, in my in my head, they are. They're uh, like kind of uh, like really lean, mm -hmm. and like tall. Uh, mm -hmm. I kind of feel like they're somewhat pterodactyl shaped. Like the my. In, in my head, I picture the X-Men that is like a pterodactyl. Uh, Sauron is not an X-Men. He is not even a mutant. Okay. Well, I, I, look, you knew exactly who I meant, so I'm glad that I shortcut it by saying that. Uh, Sauron, <laughs> but with like big horn, like like really like majestic uh, like crown of horns around mm -hmm. his head. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but like, uh, yeah, I just like, I, I think maybe I like open the door and he's like standing there, like, uh, what's it called? Um, you know, like a, just like a butler kind of like ready to, uh, do whatever. And, um, he's in like a, a, like a really, uh, like a black and red suit, uh, and tie. And Mm -hmm. I, uh, say, oh, I, right. Yizalt. Um, how's going? Yes, Master Risk. How are you doing? How is, uh, I mean, my bath. Is my bath ready? Right? Yes. You would like a bath this early? Um, I guess, um, so we, I know the types of things that I would do, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I think I just, like, in that moment, I, like, we see me, like, scanning my, like, memories, and I'm like, are we going to be questioning me today? Is this going to be a difficult thing? I assume that you would like breakfast with the family, as you have most days. Uh, and I say, fine, fine, I'll take the bath later. Uh, and I say, well, lead the way. And you are brought into this massive dining hall, continuing this aesthetic, and there is a wide table with dozens of other people these are as your memories tell you kind of weirdly the other kids that uh-huh. uh Rakdos has had and a few of the uh partners who have survived and uh-huh. you you kind of know that there is this weird struggle for all of you that it is you have been cast in Rakdos's image. You can never really surpass him. Uh-huh. And while there is a level of, well, theoretically, we could all just, like, work together, maybe, like, kind of empathize with each other. Uh, no, you're all kind of just competitive shits to each other, all in, like, different areas of focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's probably, like, one that is roughly in the middle like me and not like age wise but like in fa- in favor or whatever mm-hmm. who i'm like kind of competing with uh uh somewhat where i go sit with th- like them uh, or i guess i try to see if they've gotten there first so that i don't have to have the bad seat uh yeah uh you like go to what you instinctively know is your normal seat and your uh, sibling tibble is there and they pull your chair out and say, ah, risk a few seconds late this morning. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I was, I was, uh, do, I was watching the play out the window. It was a good one. Was it? I've seen so many of your reviews. Is it actually something worth writing about? Well, like, when I say it was a good, like, I, like, stumble, I look for a moment, I'm like, look, when I say it was a good one, I mean, it was, like, a good one to write about. Tybalt. I dreamt of you last night. Oh. Yes. 
I made a carpet. Wait, is this one of my siblings or is this like a servant? Oh, no, this is one of your siblings. Okay. I'm like, oh, okay. Go ahead. I carved this picture of it and you see in bone, they've like done a, uh, one of those things where you like paint over something in one color and then you like carve out a relief. And so it's this giant bone coated in red, which you can tell is blood. Not sure what blood it is because it didn't turn brown or anything. And then you just see this picture, this like relief carving of you that's done really well, but you are being flayed. And you're not enjoying it. Right. Um, I like point and I say, I don't seem to be enjoying it. No, you're rather a fuddy-duddy at times, aren't you? And I say, I guess I always will be a better actor than you, Tibble. They can't think of a witty rejoinder and just sit down in their own chair and toss the bone relief at you and I catch it and when no one is looking put it in my pocket and there is this moment where you hear a loud creaking and all of a sudden the room gets silent because at the head of the table there is nobody right now and then you see this massive like 60 foot pair of doors swing open and walking with this very beaten down energy, this dying husk of Rakdos who's carrying a cane that looks to definitely be made out of like the spinal column of probably an ogre or something who okay. comes to sit at this table and everybody is just kind of hushed because, you know, this is the father. This is who everyone is attempting to appease and gain the attention of right does he always eat with us yes okay um is he old in the other reality as well uh you've not really seen him he i mean they're both ancient this guy looks like he has the years on him like something has happened and he is much weaker than you would expect him to be it, can I scan or roll or something to to know what that is? Uh, yeah, roll a uh, health check or a medicine check. Seven. I mean, there is a giant gaping scar across his chest, but uh, uh, you, you don't know. It, sure. He just kind of sits down and says eat eat grow strong and then starts digging into his own meal which is like a carriage along with the horses that were pulling it and people who are locked inside the carriage and he just starts he tries to put it all into his mouth and then he realizes that it's not going to work and so he has to like break the horses into pieces which uh-huh. is horrifying. Sure. But it's it, it's very much the oh your your older relative who is kind of still dealing with their age uh, is frustrated by the limits of what they can't do and they're kind of just making a mess. Right. 
I feel like um, Risk is a little more shocked at how hard this is for him mm-hmm. than uh, that that he's doing this horrifying like thing, right? Yeah. Like that's just like yeah, of course that's Rakdos. That this is that's what I picture. But man, faster and like maybe eating it in one bite like this. Uh, and I guess I think to like uh i'm just going to say um huh i think i just try to strike up a conversation with him like how far away from him am oh I? he's like 20 people away from you okay i am going to try to persuade somebody to trade seats with me uh yeah you go uh all the way down and there is this woman whose skin looks to be porcelain white and she just has instead of like a pair of angel wings or demon wings or anything there's just like spider legs coming out Mm. of each like a set of Mm -hmm. eight over each shoulder blade that are constantly moving and they're hairy and it's not great um i think i'm like uh uh you're i i just said like um what's her name this is uh ugleith i say ugly um i sorry to interrupt oh sorry ugly i'm like ugly sorry to interrupt um your tailor said that there was a problem with one of your new um, outfits. Something about the 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 spider arms were in the wrong place or something. Um, he's outside. Uh, he was trying to talk to you. Roll that deception. Uh, that is a twenty-seven. Ah, <laughs> beautiful. Oh, uh, uh... She kind of looks at you and her mouth blinks and (laughs) she just like gets up and says, thank you, child, whose name I do not remember, and quickly rushes out and leaves her seat behind her seat that has been custom made for her to fit in her like spider leg wings. Yeah, no problem. I'm going to cast polymorph on myself. Mm hmm. And turn myself into her. Can I do that? Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, so you have turned yourself into a copy of Oogleaf. Everybody is level 8 now for those playing along at home. Oh yeah. Also gain one experience point. I am just going to try to spark a co- up a conversation with uh, Rakdos as if I am Ugly. Mm-hmm. Like, just kind of scanning my memories of this world for what kinds of stuff that she talks to him about to just start talking to him. Uh, so, like, right now, he has some enchanted blade that he is using to cut into the carriage like it is a oyster that he's mm-hmm. trying to shock open. And uh, you know that she is a painter of exquisite miseries. 
Okay. Um, I say to him something about how the blade he's using reminds me of this, uh, this person that I, I was torturing, um, of the, of a blade I was using to, a new blade I was using to torture uh, someone with. Um, and like, I try, I like scan my memories for the way she talks or whatever. And I'm like, uh, oh, and the screams father, I think, oh, and the screams papa. Roll a performance check. Okay. Okay. I rolled a five, which is actually a 10. So 21. Uh, yeah. Because of my, uh. One new bard ability. Uh, which one is that? It is called Silver Tongue. Oh wait, you said performance? Mm-hmm. Nah, this this is uh, it's for persuasion or deception. Uh, sixteen. Still, that's sixteen. That's, yeah. Ractos looks up from like smearing one of the people who was trapped inside the carriage. Like he's buttering this carriage. Uh, it's like. Glaive. Uh, your aura seems different today. Um, I just say, oh, well, thank you. Um, and I say, uh, uh, oh, man. I'm like, oh, well, thank you. And then I say, how uh, are you feeling? Tired as I have been since the battle. Um, and I say, uh, tell me again about the story of the battle. And he goes into this story where, like, 200 years ago or so, uh, one of the, uh, leaders of the uh, Boros Legion basically decided to go rogue and wanted to kill Rakdos and it turned into this massive battle and he's like going into it as vibrantly as he can describe and that is what ended with him rending her but in her sort of sacrifice for this cause she was able to deal him a mortal wound Mm. And your your memories kind of connect with Rakdos being aware of his own mortality was like, well, better get to fucking and getting some children out so one of them can take over. I see. Um, And I say, um, are you any closer to choosing an heir? No. Uh, And I say... uh, well, you know, obviously I vote for me, but uh, uh, you know how much I love pain. Risk, uh, uh, Risk's new article was, oh. And like I do with all, like with the, the what are they called? The spider arms on the one side, like a chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm <laughs> like, it was, it was truly, truly cruel. Rakdos looks to one of the servants and snaps and uh, they bring a paper and then like a massive magnifying glass that is like as large as you are. 
And he just looks over and is like, mm. It's fine. <laughs> I, like, inside, I am like, my heart has swelled. Like, this is, like, the best moment, one of the best moments of my life. Him saying my performance was fine. It's fine. He uh, puts down, like, the discarded husk of the uh, carriage that he was eating and just gets back up and walks out. Um, yeah, I don't think I follow him or anything. Um, oh, yeah, like... Everyone kind of is quiet as he leaves, and then he resumed talking. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess other than that, like, other than trying to hear what everybody is talking about at the table? Uh, there are so many conversations here. Right. Um, I guess I'll just zero in on whoever is nearest to me talking. Uh, yeah, sitting next to uh, Uglvif is a man in full-on har- harlequin harlequin yeah. garb. Uh, yeah, what's he? T- uh, I just like put like a uh, her elbow on the table, like <laughs> just like uh, zone zone in to hear what he's saying. Oh, completely doing pantomime not saying a word but you understand the point that he is trying to get across like you don't speak a word of sign language but like this is incredibly clear mm-hmm. he is a master of his art what is what is he talking about uh he was talking to another one of the siblings about how uh he made a bunch of bets on horse racing and None of the horses won, so he just had those horses killed. <laughs> you know, I like look things. down at the at Dad's like horse thing that he was eating, and like kind of like shake my head, and I'm like, "It's a pretty good one." I gotta say, that's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, like after another twenty minutes or so, people start departing to go about their various businesses. Okay. Um, I think from there, I would just go try to find the rest of, like, I guess, oh my god, I would have no idea of where they are. Uh, Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't be allowed at the Conclave. Uh, I guess I'd go try to go to the Orzov Church. So, we cut over now, we, like, briefly pass over the hipples of the Orzov Church, with their gold really Passover? Mazel Tov, it's a Seder. <laughs> it, not an, I'm not a Seder anymore. Right, you're a demon. Tiefling. Uh, but yeah, we... Uh, like, the camera zooms over, like, at the spot where we would normally expect to see Urza, and then just, like, flies across the city into the uh, Sun Home where the Boros Legion is, and we just cut into one of the towers where the Angel Commanders are, and we see this alternate version of 
Urza's angel lying in bed next to this alternate version of Urza. Uh, like, they're in the same bed? <laughs> Wait. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I did not see that. Uh, I'd imagine Urza would still wake up pretty early. Mm -hmm. She knows that she has a very strict routine that she must undergo to make sure all of her subordinates are doing their jobs. So, uh, she would roll over kind of in her bed and sit up before reaching back and nudging the angel beside her to wake her. And, uh, she gets up and, like, this is an angel who leads uh, like, divisions of soldiers and other angels. This is someone who has been made for fighting and you notice on like parts of her uh shoulders the orzov symbol has been kind of like almost defaced by this sun that seems to burn through it the sun symbol of the boros legion and she rises and uh looks down at you and then extends a hand to help you get out of bed She'll take her hand and stand up from the bed before uh, walking around it and uh, I is what is the nature of this relationship? Oh, it is romantic. Oh, okay. I I was not, I was not aware. Uh, oh, I thought so... I mentioned that in Discord. I may have just thought i did the the way you worded it it made it sound like that she was her subordinate that that you know oh she, that too she, uh, okay so she's <laughs> a subordinate Sorry. and in a relationship <laughs> yes i apologize this is news to me uh <laughs> so she'll take her hand and lead her around the bed before wrapping her arms around her waist and leaning up to give her a kiss and tell her good morning that uh, the sun is bright and it is a new day and we have a lot to do. She looks and says, Yes, but we have much to do. There is evil out in this world and it must be purged. She Kind of just coldly returns your hug and then starts getting ready mm -hmm. for what is war, essentially. And kind of like in your memories, you recall that uh, you are her subordinate. The relationship is definitely something that is not public knowledge. Okay. Um. So as she dons her armor the angel and gets ready to leave Arza is going to uh go over to the corner of the room and do the same i'm assuming she would have a desk there that has uh her squadron's documents and all that um after she uh grabs her things she 
is wearing these uh, heavily armored pieces that are kind of white and bronze in color that boast a really large boros insignia the of the the fist and the sun around it on the chest of it and uh when she grabs the documents off the table she'll reach over and pick up her weapons and uh instead of her usual staff she's sporting a much larger bladed glaive and uh she kind of messily picks up her hair into a ponytail and she doesn't really bother to brush it she just pulls it back and uh she is going to head out her quarters behind the angel and uh you descend into the yard where the other uh soldiers who are under your command and therefore under your angel's command are working and you know here at least the angel's name is Coinbreaker. Okay. Uh which is the name that she took when she got freed from the Urzav church. Uh like just running through these memories as you try and piece together what is going on. Urza will call out to Coinbreaker as they leave their room and step out into the uh, yard. And uh, she's going to tell her that she is going to uh, check in to see where our next mission will be held. If she could get the squadron together for their orders. Uh She'll meet up with them shortly. And she nods and you kind of go into the little barracks that they have where you typically get your orders. That's probably not a barracks, but we're not worried about military terminology here. And uh, the like glasses-wearing uh, person at the desk greets you is like, Good morning. Squadron Leader Urza, uh, do you have any particular area that you would prefer to serve t uh, today? Uh, do you have any missions that you are interested in going on? Uh, you are, as usual, the first one here. She gives the person a slight smirk as they mentioned, she's always the first person here. And she kind of nods her head and she says, that is why I am a commander and rising still. And she kind of ponders and as she's piecing together her past memories and her current memories, she uh, knows that she can't just skip out of her duties, that she's going to have to find a reason to be out there. So She's going to ask if there's been any issues with the Rakdos performances going on lately. Uh, the guard is just kind of like flipping things through. It's like, ah, uh, nothing that I see, especially. Um, yeah, no nothing 
out of I... the ordinary? So they've been relatively behaved as well as behaved as they can be. That's surprising. Well, it 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 could be they're just waiting for something big. Maybe it, it, it's time for a preemptive crackdown. Perhaps you are right. Maybe I could go to the streets and try to find more information as to why they've been so silent. Uh, yes, if, if you would prefer to do that, uh, I can get the paperwork and you can head out on that. Mm. Are there any other immediate uh, disruptions happening that need our immediate attention? Uh, some normal is it uh, issues, but nothing as far as I can tell. Uh, the Jin uh, convention is preparing to meet, but that isn't for another few days. Mm. Then we will go out on patrol and see what we can find. They quickly uh, scramble and get the paperwork together and stamp it and hand it to you. She'll uh, roll up the papers and kind of shove them in her bag and kind of turn around to leave. And as she leaves, she just kind of waves her hand in the air as uh, she walks out the door. And so do you want to head straight into the streets for your uh, mission then? Uh, Urza will relay her orders to Coinbreaker and tell her that today is going to be a rather boring day. That you can send the squadron out on patrols. But as of right now, there is nothing that needs our immediate attention. Understood. And, And, uh... As she says that, she'll give her kind of a a slight wink and leave the yard. And in the same fashion, she'll wave to them in the back. And uh, she's going to head down the trans promenade. And as you were heading down there, uh, we cut into the darkness as there's this fetid smell of fungus and death and uh we uh open up on a sea who is rising in this room bathed in kind of like a green flame light are we starting in the morning like the others? Uh, yeah, yeah. Waking up uh, in the darkness in this room. Green flames, fungus, and death smell. You know, Bulgari mm-hmm. stuff. Right, yeah. The, the creepy. Uh, so, yeah. Sefe waking up in the morning, the there's that initial... Um, there's discomfort where there's quite literally plant life in her hair Mm -hmm. and around her and she kind of jumps as she rises the first thing she feels is movement on uh, coming across her arm Mm -hmm. and it's uh, one of her pets 
a little, uh, well, I say little, but it's probably several inches across, uh, spider. It's black mm-hmm. with, uh, like a scattering of green hairs across the legs. Um, and there's that moment where like she jumps and then remembers in, in this life, this is F.A. This is, this is one of her pets that she just keeps with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and remembering the spider, she snaps her fingers and looks over and a matching sized beetle comes scurrying over from one of the piles of moss. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, looking around the room, it's just uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> She's yeah. A, uh, this, is, this is not her uh, sunny, well-lit, well-aerated uh, uh, room in the conclave. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I think she's going to, she's she's going to swiftly leave. Uh, yeah. As you like start to get out, a uh, elf runs up to you and is like, "Asefe, Asefe, hold up, hold up! You gotta get your assignments." Are they not the usual assignments? Is there a new one? He's like, oh, can you suddenly, are, are you some sort of clairvoyant? You gotta know who you're picking up. And he uh, hands you a bunch of names and addresses. And your, your kind of position in this world rolls into your mind, which is your wish or sort of the offer that was made to you was you would get money that you could use to help the Celestia. And uh, in this world, you essentially take care of the people who are too broken or hurt or injured from the Celestia, like the people who, it's too much to save them. And you bring them down here and they get killed, turned into zombies and start working. And mm-hmm. you end up paying the Celestia off for that. Yeah, and so that's that's the twist. That's how the Conclave gets the money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I guess I hadn't thought about this. If if Asefe is bleh, if Asefe is picking up the bodies, does she have an assistant, or does she just go get them? There is a cart. There is a cart. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's almost, it's kind of humiliating for this proud Silesian explorer, want someone who is out and about, um, to go and pick up the cart and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, start to pull it behind her. As she she looks at the the first name on the list, and yeah, you're you're essentially dragging this through because you're in the Undercity right now, and it it's gross. You you weren't a big fan of having to go down for that zombie mission earlier, but now it's gross. You don't feel as strong. You definitely don't feel as healthy, and uh, you just 
head out. Easy, yeah. Not easy work. No. And kind of even worse is you see there are far more undead down here than there were the last time you came. Like in that other reality, there was there are like eight times more undead down here just working the fungus fields. Bisefe's like observing observing the zombies um is is going to I I think she, you know, basically hopes that through picking up the people she can find any kind of information about what happened. Mm-hmm. Um that there's probably not a lot to be gained from asking the undead. Um, no, there's really only misery if you start looking at yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, so she's she's going to trying to avoid as much mold as possible, going to just keep pushing forward out of out of there. Mm-hmm. And you head up into the main city to start your grim and grisly duty and uh, as we like follow you, we move up and across into uh, the is it buildings where there's spark and like in a very nine in a very like early we're using uh, 3d animation way like a spark of electricity comes at the audience and uh, we cut into our last of these sort of uh, worked characters as we uh, wake or as we find the blue-skinned uh, Arafine who I don't know if they sleep. Uh, definitely not. Yeah. I, I, I think it's more of like they suddenly come to out of a brief trance that they were in. Yeah, it's it's absolutely like just dissociating when they get too tired to function. Mm-hmm. And so Arafine is just coming back into this world full of sparks and energy and flames and everything is kind of like, oh, if you had fallen asleep on the ground, you would probably be dead and that's fine. Sorry, was somebody saying that to me? Oh, no, that was just me narrating. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, Arafine comes to and just kind of looks around at all these sparks and everything and is just like blinking kind of placidly. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a knock that comes at your door. Or actually, no, it's a ding. You hear a uh, like doorbell sound come in. Uh, okay, uh, I just, Arafine just calls out, Enter! And a uh, another scientist comes in and is like, uh, Arafine, I have wonderful news for you. Your talk about plasmid graft integration has been accepted by the Simic Combine. You have been given a slot to speak at the symposium. Oh, I see. Uh, very well. I'll I'll 
When when is that scheduled? Uh that won't be for another three weeks or so. Three weeks, you say? Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Arafine just like moves to their desk and starts like uh pushing around papers and notes and everything, and it's like I'll have to I'll have to move a few things around to to to, to make a room for it. But uh, I suppose some of this research isn't as urgent as other things. They kind of shrug and walk out. Uh, Arafine absolutely like just continues like busy talking, mm-hmm. not saying any like anything of importance, but just like constantly talking themselves through notes and everything. And like they do not realize that this person has left. Yeah, and like as you're kind of going through the notes, you see that there are some kind of like horrifying things that are like in these notes that you have drawn because Arafine was never really into the graphs as part of the Simic. Like it was, oh yeah, no, I can help out and volunteer my body for science, but I don't feel like that is the way to improve. Yeah. um... Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, prior, like, they were always very much about a more naturalistic approach. And here, the uh, plasmids are not even, like, integrating natural life. This is 100%. Oh, yeah, no, we're going to make a way to, like, artificially give people enhancements. And, uh, like, early notes are... It's driving people to start killing each other. It's not full-on Bioshock, but, I mean, it's not far off from Bioshock. And it's like, well, if only the strong survive, we know what we need to keep making more of. Sometimes science requires sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, you don't want to gather up all the paperwork to figure out how many sacrifices there have been. You said I don't want to? Uh, I, I think the old part of you does not want to. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's definitely a um, some cognitive dissonance going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Because everything that apparently this Arafine is about is like just so deeply antithetical, not just to uh, the old Arafine's like way of life and philosophy, but like their very core being. Mm-hmm. And so, like they're they're shuffling through this stuff, and as they start to like realize more and more what a lot of these notes are and everything, like just the slow dawning horror of it. Mm-hmm. and as this kind of like dawns you start getting more you start getting messages sent through that's basically a lot of oh these are people asking you to do things or help them out on projects and they're promising to pay you back as soon as they can mm-hmm. and you can kind of tell that uh, you like turn to a wall and there is a Pepe Sylvia type uh, wall collage of these are all the people who owe me favors and exactly what I'm planning to extract from them in re- in return. Okay. Um, I think uh, Arafine kind of stares at that for a minute and like they're already a pretty pale t- like tone of blue but they definitely 
pale a little bit further. Because mm-hmm. um, I like point of clarification. Do they have memories of all these new experiences as well? Uh, they can kind of access more of them if they want to. If they have no desire to, uh, they can kind of like separate that off. I think I think the question of like I think the desire question is complicated because I think that they would want to explore those memories if they exist, but they would also not particularly enjoy that. Oh yeah, I I feel like it's a brief moment of like I can do this, and then uh, you just see like an atrocity happen. Yeah, just no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly like drivers and murder videos, but uh, it's not far off. Just with electricity and fire and lack safety standards. And uh, how long does it take Arafine to stay in here before they just dart the fuck out? Um, I want to say probably not more than a few minutes. Because um, like the choice is either basically dart like fleeing or dissociating and curling up into a ball. And they've just been dissociating the whole time. So I feel like at this point, uh, escape becomes the option. Oh, um, yeah. And yeah, not more than a couple minutes. Uh, they grab some basic supplies and just run, just make a break for it. And we kind of like zoom out over this map of the city and we just see like the four dots of our main characters like going through from this overhead view and they all end up converging uh, outside of what in the other world had been a coffee shop where a figure wearing uh, just plain brown robes is sitting and all of you are kind of drawn here subconsciously. And you kind of start to see each other in these vastly different forms. Risk, who is a full tiefling, Urza, who is dressed as a Boros soldier, uh, Esefe, who is now kind of moldy and pale and is very burnt and electrocuted and uh, just differently blue uh, Arafine. I think Asefe's picked up two people on the way. Oh, as, no. As she's going through the city. So there's two, like, <laughs> uh, very near-death individuals. Yes, yeah, like, these are heart. terminal patients. And... Yeah. I think Arza would instinctively... As she has always done, she's just a creature of habit. I think that when she sees Asefe pulling the dead bodies, she would unconsciously, do you have your permits for the bodies? (laughs) 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 And, like, she goes to catch herself, and she's like, she stares for a few minutes, 
And you can tell she essentially looks like herself. She may be a little tanner than usual. She gets out into the sun a lot. But she's nowhere near as clean and presentable as she usually is. Her hair is messily pulled up into a ponytail. And she's wearing really heavily clad armor. And when she goes to ask, do you have the permits? And she stops herself. And then she kind of pans around and looks towards everybody else who've just instinctively walked into each other. And she's like, are... And she leans in quietly. Are you a Cephe? Uh, I say, and more importantly, are you a zombie now? Hey. Cephe's gonna kind of cough. And just like shake her head out and just be like, yes and no, as far as I can tell. There's still still a heartbeat for who knows how long. Uh, oh, and when, when she like shakes her head out, there's like mold and little spores and stuff just kind of goes flying off her it's like, it's like a it's like a maybe like a just barely like maybe we're quibbling yeah. the definitions here <laughs> I, not, by, not, by, by comparison she's certainly a zombie like right. i think like immediately risk is like i mean no shame either way i like it it, it, it suits you like uh didn't mean to like immediately realizes Wait, I just asked like a deeply weird question. Except <laughs> I just snorts. Like, <laughs> uh, I think then it's like, wait, so we can all remember uh, to yeah, a yeah. point. Yeah, I can. I I remember, but it's it feels muddled. I keep slipping back into my old routine and. I am. Um, I'm forgetting. <laughs> um, I like. What is it? Just done? Then is that it? Are we like? Do we? Is Luke? You said there was a person sitting. Oh yeah, the... there's a person sitting out at this. Uh cafe table where you met Shanique before. Did you... Can I roll perception to see? Does it look like Shanique? Yeah, roll perception. Uh, that's a 14. Oh, yeah, that's that's Shanique who is no longer pretending to be a member of the 10th Guild. Is this there. what you wanted? I think SF is just gonna like drop <laughs> drop the handles of the cart. And, uh, and I think Risk before any answer, Risk just like points at himself like, well, I mean technically, I guess. <laughs> oh Hello everybody. Uh do you not in mm, 
some of you do not look as good as you did. Um, I assume your wishes did not turn out well. I'm not an actor. You literally made me into the exact opposite of my entire ordeal. Like I did not. I cannot feel the world soul any longer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Things clearly did not turn out the way we imagined they would. I I am honestly very sorry that it did not work out and that you are unhappy with your I I, I feel like Payment is a weird word to use here. What is... What What did you do? How did this happen? Uh, can I tell you a story? Okay, um, but I'm gonna judge it. Yeah. <laughs> and when he, when he says that, Urza is gonna pull out a chair from the table and she sits down really loudly and abruptly because of her armor and when she does she kind of clanks her big glaive against the table and stares at a stares at him eye to eye across from the table like she's a little bit more rash than what she used to be and she can't help but uh fall into her new persona it's almost like a second nature to her. Yeah, Urza loves rules. I feel the same way. I think I pull out a I pull out a leather bound book. I also pull up a chair, and then I just like put on these like little like bifocal glasses, and then like pull out a, like a a quill, and then just write down. Like I'm like writing the entire time he's telling the story. And then one of the guys from the wagon gets out, pulls out a chair, and dies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I picture the the cart as the like the spam a lot. We're not dead yet. Yeah, it yeah. is just like there. There's like there had been like weak protesting. Chubby <laughs> just looks at this guy who is died and it's like uh okay uh so back when the guild pact was created there was a fear of the jeans powers since they could easily upset the balance in the world and were a threat to their parents as a result the guild pact specifically imposed a limit on the jean that Force them into servitude while also limiting their powers. They were not allowed to take part in the conversation and were mostly regulated to far up corners of the world to do manual labor. My great great grandmother was very critical towards the guilds. She had spent a long time working with the Boros. And she worked near the Jean and started talking about them. And one of them, the leader, was named Brinovec. 
he had been around for the original signing of the guild pack. And my great-great-grandmother was critical of the guild pact and uh, her son also in the legion refused to let her do anything turned her in she was killed he was promoted he was aware that his mother had hidden notes from anyone who was part of a guild and he decided to make sure my family had a long history of being part of the Boros. And it wasn't until I became an adult and was not in a guild that I found these notes. And there was some faulty information about the 10th Guild, enough to create a narrative to inspire you. And I traveled across the plain found Brinovec, and we wanted to find a way that would free the Jin and give them a place within the Guild Pact, which had trapped them into servitude where they had no voice at all. The ritual that we made required members of different guilds to work together to destroy representations of the five colors of mana that had forged the guild pact and this would free the gene and allow them to reshape reality and in doing so the gene would grant the wishes of those who helped to break the guild pact and rewrite them and uh yes so i did what I did, hoping to help a race that had been enslaved, and I promised and made promises that the wishes would deliver, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it did and not. And ruined our lives in the process. I, when he starts talking about this, uh, is, can I piece together whether or not the meaning of the djinn that my, I don't know what you want to call them, but the receptionist back at Sunholm, the one that gave me my assignment, they mentioned that there was going to be a meeting of djinn mm -hmm. in the near future. Mm -hmm. Are they one and the same? Ah, uh, they... I... Yes, they... In this world have representation. They aren't quite a guild, but they are recognized for their magic prowess in the same way that the dragon niv is. Okay. Oh, he's in a play I'm writing. I'm happy you, to hear it. You write um, plays now. It's... I, I'm writing a play. I don't uh, look. Here's here's what I'll say. The story it was it was all right. So he's in it the play you're writing. I yes, he is in. It's what I said is still true. 
It just sounds like I write more plays. Why? I don't have to prove myself to you. You're brought in. Someone, someone brought in a cart full of dead people and did not get questioned. I can't. I can't. I'm not questioning you. I'm curious to know what kind of play you're writing. Um, it's uh, it's a comedy. Okay. Is that Vader Jacks? I like. I like. Think that there's like a real look of embarrassment on his face, <laughs> like after saying it's a comedy, after <laughs> having constantly been like, I don't know why we're always like such a like. It's like, but it's like a good com. It's not like. It's like so. It's good. It's a it's a satire. It's uh, when is it when is it debuting? It it isn't yet. I don't. It's not finished. Are you gonna act in your play? I I don't act anymore. Have but you thought you're about really good directing? I I uh, that's what I want to do. I want to direct. I uh, so but here's the thing. Mm -hmm. It's it, I actually feel like this whole story of what you said would fit really well in my play. Like. It kind of is like around that same time period. Uh, and your what I was going to say to you was that it lacked a romance. Because like all good stories have to have at least one romance in them. Uh, I I wish it wasn't true, but it, there's a whole book that we have to follow when we write plays, apparently. Uh, you need a romance. Uh, when he brings oh. up romance, Urza, Urza kind of sinks down in her, in her chair behind her armor slightly as y'all can see her tan skin kind of flush a slight pink as mm -hmm. uh she kind of breaks eye contact and tries to act nonchalant it um, seems like we've had very different experiences since we woke up this epic is gonna like, you hear her mumble. Sick. You hear her mumble from underneath her armor slightly. Yeah, I woke up next to my angel. Is that a pet name or? Oh, she literal? goes. Oh, no, literal. You mean wait? You mean your lady? She's certainly a lady. <laughs> um, is it uh out like is it the same angel? Because yes. you had like yes. a pact with an angel before, but it was a dead angel, right? Death pact angel, yes. Death pact angel. I yeah. wished for her freedom from the Orzov, and it seems she's free to, you know, not be in the Orzov anymore. Which, I mean, oh. That is what I wished for. That's got to be taxing. Because of Orzov, you know. <clears throat> I get that. I, she like, goes, write it down. She chuckles slightly. She goes, uh, her name is Coinbreaker now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Asepe tries to laugh and just coughs. It's just, like, <laughs> wheezing. A yellow cloud of spores. Yeah, there's just just a small cloud. Um, I think uh, Risk just says, um, I'm... I'm cruel here. You, but did you not want to be the son of Rakdos? Yeah, but like, they I don't even demons. act. I just ruin other people's acting. So you are a play critic, not a writer. 
I mean, is, well, look, I'm you... trying to be a writer. That's why I was tight-lipped about it. I, do you know, uh, wait, hold on. Do you know the Crimson Critic in the Rakdos Times? She kind of quirks a brow. Would she know anything about this being nope. a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think she was. Sorry, it, it doesn't get delivered to the Undercity. Really? It's like the most important Rakdos newspaper. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have time for, like, pleasure reading, so... I'm I'm working a lot. I don't think Sunholm um accepts papers from from the Rakdos risk. I feel like the Rakdos newspaper is like really mean funny pages, like really like <laughs> cruel funny pages. This film critic thing or this a uh, uh, theater critic thing and then like rants. It's just like ten pages of rants from whoever submits them. It's There's just like, like really slam, angry. There's some slam poetry in there somewhere. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, so it's like web comics discussion from the early two thousands. Oh. <laughs> oh. And uh Urza's gonna kinda sit back up in her chair and you see her kinda touch the symbol of the, the Boros insignia on her armor and uh she kinda straightens up her posture a little bit and she says, I am a commander now. Congrats on your promotion. Do you battle? She kinda laughs and uh, points towards her glaive and she says, from what I remember I'm uh, quite well versed in combat now. Do you no longer heal? I I have a heal but I focus on make I mitigate damage so you don't take it. I guess. I mean, don't that's you technically have good. two heals? I have uh, oh, my god. oh my god. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh. Uh, oh. Risk says oh. that. And then. <laughs> she laughs a little up, bit. And then writes yeah. it down. <laughs> she laughs a little bit and her. And she kind of rubs her forehead a little bit. She's like, yes, I. You're right. I did not catch your. Your pun. I apologize. <laughs> um. Uh. You. I think you. Saved my life twice like literally the first day i met you it's just weird for you not to be i don't know a person of faith i that was like believe in myself now i did not have a higher calling and i am freed from that now I am. She kind of. You see her face blush brighter. She's like, I guess I found love and freedom, which I can't say isn't what I wished for. Oh, wait, wait. I got to write that down. She found love and a huge exclave. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely, like, you just see Risk, like, writing all of that down and then, like, looks up at you and then draws, like, a little, like, rough sketch 
I feel like you are still fighting this world and you are unhappy with your wishes, correct? I never I... said I was unhappy. Yeah, no. I don't know. I did. I will spend every day trying to undo this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big same. I... There is a way to undo this, but it loses everything. Including the freedom of vision. But is there no way... Is there no way for us to achieve their freedom once things are put back to the way they once were? Through legislative action, I assume that you could by... Working with the Azorius, and I don't think you did very well at that last time. I, we were I not mean, underneath the impression that there was an entire enslaved race that was excluded from the Guild Pact. For what? Fear of power? Mm-hmm. It seems that yeah, anybody... I gotta, I gotta say, I gotta say it's... um. It's really interesting that you're critiquing our success last time when you're literally giving us pieces of the puzzle that we didn't have before. Yeah, and what's up with this, uh, are you no longer in the 10th guild, bud? Oh, I never was. You... Oh, oh, that's a big surprise there. And she she has really sarcastic tone. And she kind of crosses her arms over her chest and looks towards everyone. She says, obviously things were not done the right way. I am not wishing to enslave them again, but had we known this from the start, we could have done a more diplomatic approach to this. Once mm. the populace knows that there's an entire enslaved race, I'm sure there are people that would stand up to fight for them. I don't know that that's true. Oh, I don't believe it is true either. Uh, they were fine with them being enslaved in the first place, and I think the system is built in a way that prevents things from improving, unless we had some sort of massive overhaul of the guild pact. Can't that will never guild, happen. Can't a new guild pact be written up? That would require the entire guild pack to most likely fail spectacularly. Risk is yes. just like a new guild pact and then just starts writing he's like, oh my god, it, it makes perfect sense. And then he's like, oh, not not for this. That's crazy. But for my play, it like really works really well. You can't expect change until you Get rid of the old system. Obviously, a new guild pact would uh, correct the wrongdoings of the old one. When was if... like, when was uh out of character? When was the old guild pact in our lives established? Oh, it was like like uh... a law. Like a thousand years ago, I believe. Yeah, a long ass time. 
Yeah. And our society has changed and we have evolved. I think that more people would have been willing to fight for the Jin's cause. If well, the old system is sick, mm-hmm. we should let it die and let a new system grow in uh, its place. I wouldn't go back and chain uh, the angel and the jinns and whatever else, but like it doesn't I mean, Rakdos has suffered greatly in this timeline. I don't mean the group, I mean my dad. (laughs) Yeah. Is a full reboot the only way to return us to ourselves? Uh, I mean, you could try and convince the Jin, but that that is a challenge on their own. Either way, you must face them to change things as they are, because Brinovec is very happy to be free after a long I long period and I like he I did attempt to provide you the wishes as you wanted, but you all did also I take well, some issue with the concept of as we wanted. At no point did I wish to not be a part of the combine. I I, I was going to say, but on your last mission you did attempt to outsmart the plan which yes that because is our we, knew we were being lied to to be fair you were lying to us yeah we I... didn't even know about the 10th guild so you could have just told us you were you there was literally no reason to lie to us about that we and just you didn't trust just, you you could have told us the cause we were working for we wouldn't have I know at least I wouldn't have turned a blind eye to an entire race of beings being enslaved and excluded. Honestly, yeah. Like, the the the, the weight of this here is on you for not telling us the actual job you wanted us to do and somehow expecting us to still do it. So if a random man who wasn't in a guild came up to you and said, hey, I need the four of you who have never met to stop a giant monster and prevent a fire from going and destroy a law book and bring back a person from undeath and then we have to write a contract and then cancel that contract you would have said oh yes that makes sense random person who isn't in a guild wait so your argument is that you didn't do it that way because it's hard like it's hard for you to sell us on it no, There's, honestly, yes. I wouldn't have signed. I wouldn't have signed on to do a play that was guildless, and I definitely that is definitely the tenth guild. That I know it wasn't a play, but I thought it was a play, and that really sold me. The tenth guild is like a really good name for a play. Well, I, I know really I would have helped. Write that. What's that? Do not write that one. Risk. No, no, no! Of, co- of course, of course, of course not. I wait. I won't. I'm not gonna write that. Uh, I'm gonna roll deception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Insight. 
Uh, okay, I rolled a two. This is deception, so that is a ten uh, plus eleven. I'm glad that I can trust you, Risk. You understand the danger in the situation. Right, right. Ooh, danger in the situation. Let me write that down. And then I write down the Tenth Guild and then turn the page. <laughs> the, ten- the Tenth Guild, colon, danger in the situation. <laughs> oh. So... Through my work, I have learned that the djinn will be meeting up soon. Is this to discuss their relations with the rest of the guild? Is this a is this the time for us to, I guess, try to make our case to have things not put back to the way they once were, but corrected in a way that benefits everyone. Perhaps. I mean, they do conferences regularly. If you wish to talk to Brinovec, he lives here in the district. I can give you his address and you can just go and confront him. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. Okay, not if not all dressed like this. What is wrong with my armor? No, we're just going to have to coordinate. Like, it's just a unified front. And then I'm like, uh, okay, I know all of your measurements. Uh, What is it? I I keep wanting to call him Tajik because that's a different character from Johnny. um, Johnny. I'm like, Johnny, uh, what what are you? Like a large, a medium? What what are you? I'm husky. Okay. (laughs) I I like write it down. I'm like, uh, okay, I actually have a very expensive tailor. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm happy that you have that risk. Uh, I don't think coordinating outfits are going to be a influential force in the conversation. It will make us, it it will boost morale. And I was like, for some of us more than others, and I like, look at the... I look at Asefe just because I thought you were a zombie. Like, I just like, for some of us more than others. Uh, That's never been confirmed nor denied. I, 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 I don't know how much new wear can lift these spirits, but it can't smell worse. So Urza's going to pull her cloak back over her shoulders as uh, she kind of puts her arms out in front of her and she she flexes her muscles a little bit. And she's definitely showing off as uh, she kind of turns to risk and says, I am not my old measurements anymore. I would go up on Urza and probably a little down myself got it got it uh and i just like i think i just uh i go to pull out my tape measure and there is no tape measure right like because i'm not i'm not crew i'm like uh, you know and i just like oh uh i guess i'll just you know what uh estefan will have it (laughs) 
Shanique looks at you and just tosses you a tape measure. Oh, oh excellent. I just, like, measure everybody up, get everybody's uh, measurements. I'm like, can we do this, like, in a day? Well, the meeting we is supposed to take place next week, you said? Oh, excellent. <laughs> I won't have to play. I won't have to pay rush prices. So... <laughs> We do need to meet with him before he meets with the rest of his people. Then I suppose we will meet again in three days, and that will give you time to, I guess, coordinate your outfits and... Uh, Hour. And drop off uh, my passengers. Yes, I'm supposed to be on patrol right now. Oh, okay. So I feel like you say drop off my passengers and it like pans over and Risk is measuring one of them. <laughs> and it's like, oh, so we're not... Okay, great. <laughs> They've suffered enough. <laughs> I... Ooh, I want to look pretty one last time. I like I just like my shoulders slump and then I measure that I measure that part. I'm now dying at the mental picture of two very nicely dressed zombies in the rot fields. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of them just has a massive cod piece. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. Oh, I'm in tears. I, I love the idea of later on when it's like the sh- showing all of us in the outfits that are tailor made to make us all look great, and then it cuts to a field of two people that just kind of match us, but are zombies. <laughs> like an arm falls off, <laughs> like mid shot. Uh. And so. Uh... I, I think that is where we're going to end this episode. Next episode, things start new. A Jin. Wow. Wow. Listening to established property playhouse Ravnica. I am your game master, Luke. Uh, I use he, him, sometimes they, them. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Coltreg, that's K O L T R E G. And you can find my other podcast projects at lukehair.com, which includes uh, Domance Dawn, my weird Simpsons and One Piece mashup podcast. Exiled, my long-running Marvel fanfic podcast. RPG Pals Club, another actual play that I run. And much more along with comics work and various things that I have written. And then, uh, Alvaro, would you like to go next? Uh, 
Sure. Um, I. Uh, hi, my name's Alvaro Lopez Moreno. Um, I do surreal algorithm art and industrial rap metal as Worm uh, in, in the project Wormtooth. Uh, if you uh, want to go, you can find it at wormtooth.net or follow me on underscore Wormtooth on Instagram or Twitter, underscore Wormtooth on Twitter as well. Um, and that's i mean that's really kind of about it i also have like a couple other music projects uh you can check out i guess coca-cola scarface which you can find on spotify and um the bad twins which you can find also on spotify uh nola uh hi i'm nola Thau. you can find me uh running the show over at women write about comics um i also write for comics xf and you can find me on basically all social media at nola fow uh, that's n-o-l-a-p-f-a-u and do not try to explain comics to me <laughs> uh clavy yeah um, hi friends uh i'm clavy you can find me playing magic the gathering and tabletop games on the internet uh you can find me playing magic uh, on a lot of streams in the community, but also on a channel that I co-host with friends. It's twitch.tv uh, CNC Power Hour. And you can also find me playing uh, a D&D campaign uh, with the Venture Maidens. Uh, that's twitch.tv The Venture Maidens. Uh, and yeah, you can find me anywhere online at mtg underscore clavy. And Liz. Hello, everyone. I'm Elizabeth. I don't really have much of an online presence. But I love video games and I love D and uh, You can find me on Twitter at birdie underscore cuckoo. That's b i r d i e underscore k u k u. You have been listening to Established Property Playhouse Ravnica. Our theme music uh, is by People Need Goals, which you can find on Twitter at, at People Need Goals. And our uh, cover art was by uh, Re. Uh, you can find on Twitter at at Re Dan E E L O L I V A R Re D dot com. And uh, yeah, make sure to check out the other shows that we have done for Established Property Playhouse with me as the GM and different cruise make sure to check back next week for the final episode and above all thank you for listening check out more of our work at establishedpropertyplayhouse.com or on twitter at estproplayhouse and remember there is no 10th guild <laughs>